this is only the second show. Nobody knows anybody's name in Indiana Jones. I just just saying. But really, what's happening with Earl? <laughs> <just said Earl>. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Indiana Jones in Character, the podcast that takes a closer look at the artifacts that make up the world of Indiana Jones, backstories, histories, and details about some of our favorite characters. And now, here are this week's hosts of Indiana Jones in Character. Hello and welcome to Indiana Jones in Character. Today's character is Art Weber. Who? <laughs> Mr. Weber. Oh. <laughs> Art Weber appears in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yes. My name's Chris. And my name's Dave. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And that's it. Okay, well, I'm going to be giving you the lowdown on Art Weber. Now, if who? you're listening to this and wondering who Art Weber is, well, the only reason that we're doing this is because Art Weber is Dan Aykroyd. Gotta love him. And Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. And if you're even at this point still scratching your head, you'll understand what we're talking about as we go through it. Art Weber was a British Army officer stationed in Shanghai that worked at the Nangtao Airport. Say that again. Nangtao. Okay. Okay. Now, this is uh, pre-World War II, since Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. We talked about this not that long ago. When did you realize that Part 2, that Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is, in fact, a prequel? I think not, not when it was out. No, because even though, even even though the years appear on screen, yeah, I didn't read that. No, I mean as a kid, you don't. You're, no. you don't think like really. This was before prequels were prequels. You're absolutely right. Like this was like you know the the word hadn't existed, and we're like, I think you think this was like like, like the first prequel. Well, you know, like I I didn't sit down and think about it that much, but it it really may have been because most people saw it and assumed that this was like the next it's part of the story. Part two, yeah. This actually takes place in 1935. This is pre-World War II. So Indiana Jones is in Shanghai, the beginning of the film, and his dealings with Lao She, and we see all that going on screen. First of all, Art Weber is the name of this character, but this is only the second show that we've done, and already this has come up twice. Nobody knows anybody's name in, in Indiana Jones. <laughs> no. He's referred to at some point as Earl Weber. Like, like on screen, like in dialogue? No, like oh. in comics and stuff. Okay. They, they always get the name wrong. Now, he does he does say his name in in the film. And we'll, we'll get to the clip. We're actually okay. going to play the clip from the film. He says, uh, uh, Dr. Jones, uh, I'm uh, Weber. He says his name. So, ah, uh, Weber? He says, ah, uh, Weber. Like it sounds he, like Earl. Yeah, like he stutters. Right. So I don't know if that's where people got Earl. But what really people got the name Art is because in the DVD subtitles of Temple of Doom, when he talks, he's listed as Art. My, mine said Patsy. <laughs> Donnie Most. <laughs> That's Ralph. Ralph so Mel. This is only the second show. Nobody knows anybody's name in Indiana Jones. I'm just, just saying. This is like. You're right. This is already annoying. But like you, I didn't realize this at first. But really what's happening with Earl... (laughs) (laughs) Take two. With Art Weber is the whole time Indy's at Club Obi-Wan, which is fantastic in its own right. Oh, yeah. 
What did you did the first time you saw it? You saw that and you were like, "Look at that shit!" Yes, that Club Obi Wan. Yes, that that was that was a major. That was maybe one of the first like like Easter eggs, maybe that 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 was ever created. Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, oh yeah. As long as oh no, I guess Raiders had had the plane. The had the plane. Had the plane. Um, Jock's plane. What about it? It said, I think, um, three PO. Something on the on the side or on the wing. It did. Yeah. Are you serious? I, I swear to God. Yeah. I'm just learning this now. S- yeah. Seriously. It and said three PO or like CPO or something like that. Yeah. On the side. Are you serious? I I, I, I shit you not. That's what I'm doing when we're done. <laughs> well, and there's Pop the, the famous hieroglyphics whether getting the arc of uh, right of three PO and and R two D two. That that stuff is cool when it's it done cool. when it's done on the slide, done kind of tastefully. This one's and this not, one and like neon lights. Yeah, this one's kind of in your face. Yes, but it's still cool. It is awesome because it was kind of before people did stuff like that as right. much. And no, I don't hear hear anybody go. Oh, that's that's too much. Right, yeah. it's not too much. Nope, it's cool. It's perfect. But the whole time Indy's there dealing with Lao Shay prior to even that meeting, short round is behind the scenes. And he's meeting with Weber to arrange what will be the ill-fated flight that would land Indy in India and set the film in motion. Short Round acquires three plane tickets, and Weber didn't really want to do business with a kid, but Short Round told him it was for Indiana Jones, the world-famous archaeologist, and Weber did it because he knew who Indiana Jones was. And Shorty still had to bribe him, Shorty. but it all went down, and he had short notice, short notice, <laughs> but he was able to get three seats, and we get to the clip of the film where he recognizes Willie Scott. He apologizes for the slight inconveniences that they have to fly on the flight that they have. Where, yeah, but where did... It, it's dark out there. Mm-hmm. And short round, like, isn't out out by himself in the dark trying to find find tickets. Sure, why not? That, that that's dangerous. He's a he's a tough little kid. He's he a street is. kid. He's a goonie. They actually said even in the notes that Shorty had a little knife on him, and, and Weber saw the knife. He knew he can't be trifling with this little kid. All right, all right, okay. Would you mess with him? I would not. See, he's a goonie. <laughs> Goonies never say die. <laughs> all right. Well, here's the scene. If you're not, if you're still not sure. You know where Dan Aykroyd is in the film, and I know that big time Indiana Jones fans are well aware of this. But if you're not, here you go. Here's Dan Aykroyd in Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, 1984. Ah, Doctor Jones, I'm Oliver. I spoke with your assistant. Uh, we managed to secure three seats. But there might be a slight inconvenience as you will be riding on a cargo full of live poultry. Is he kidding? Madam, it's the best I could do at such short notice. Kevin, aren't you Willie Scott, the famous American female vocalist? Oh, yeah, Jim! We got uh, him boarding a Laoshe air freight flight. So the whole thing was really a colossal screw up. <laughs> to- totally. By both Weber and Short Round. I mean, really, at that point, Indiana Jones should have died. And that's the end of Indiana Jones. Do you, do you think, you don't think Weber was in on it? Like, I'll sell him. I know what's going on with Laoshe and Indy. I'm, I'm, I'm working for Laoshe. 
I don't think so. And I was thinking that too in, in preparing for this. Like, is there any chance that that was intentional? I don't think so. He had no idea. I, I mean, he couldn't have known, especially if Short Round. And Short Round got another way that he got him to do it is that he told them that it was a secret government. Uh, spy mission kind of thing. So whoever went along with it, he he couldn't have known all of the dealings and the fact that he was the that Lao She was the one that Indiana Jones was you know against at that point. So I'm gonna say he didn't know. He seemed he he did seem so like sweet and generous and just excited to meet her, Willie Scott, and just so friendly. I yeah, I don't think he <laughs> like it was all part of his plan. No. I, I don't think so. I never knew till till even just doing this because there's a lot going on in that scene. And if you watch it with the subtitles, you get every single word that they're saying. Do, do you ever catch what Indiana Jones says to Weber, to Dan Aykroyd? No. After he gets him on the plane, right before he closes the door, they shake hands. And there's like, yeah. like you see Dan Aykroyd kind of half in the scene. They're shaking hands right before he gets on the plane. Says something? He says, I owe you a gin. No idea that was even said. Which is cool because he's like, I mean, I'm sure there was money exchange. There wasn't right. a bribe, but it's like Indiana Jones is like saying, you know, I'll buy you a drink one day. Damn, I, I even know you even, even said anything to him. That's what he says after they shake hands before. He says, nice try. Yeah. He says, I owe you a gin. That's what he says. I never knew what he said. It's That's so, cool. It's That's, loud. This is, this is fun. Learning shit I've seen 4,000 times and never caught on. Learning so much fun. It is. When it comes to Indiana Jones? Yeah. <laughs> Not important stuff. Well, this is important. Every time, though, that I, I board a plane or I book a flight, I make sure there's a, there's a raft <laughs> yeah. somewhere n- nearby. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, as you're walking through that little tunnel and you get on and the stewardesses are all standing there like, hey, welcome. Oh, to well, yeah. and, and you turn to one of them and you go, nice try, Lauchay. <laughs> And they just look at each other and go, what the fuck is wrong with that? <laughs> you know how awesome that was? I am doing that from now on. <laughs> I'm boarding a plane. I would turn to whoever's near me <laughs> and say, nice try, Lao Shay. <laughs> and see what they say. I, I am. What if there's chickens? And I'm bringing a kid who's going to say, no, more parachutes. <laughs> I have to. You call him Dr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you got that settled. We had to do that. That would be perfect. Nice try last night. You just want to go book a flight right now. Any one of our fans who who are a fan of the second episode, <laughs> yeah, we got a big fan base. If you're going, if you're going on a flight, and you can you film that and post it on our Facebook wall, please. <laughs> I will laugh for days. You will laugh for days. I will. When did you notice that this was Dan Aykroyd? Years later. Okay. Probably is his name in the credits. I think he's on build. All right. So like this to me is a true cameo, like a. A good cameo to me is like uh, an unbilled, very slight character that you don't even notice that he's there. Like this to me is a is a real cameo. Some cameos, it's like you know, like it's like in your face. This is so not in your face. It's so cool. Do you have? Did you see or read anything? Like why did he do this? A favor or whatnot? Or well, Dan Aykroyd and Steven Spielberg had a, a relationship and they had worked together oh. on the film 1941. Have you ever seen 1941? With Jim Belushi, is that the one? John. John, okay, John with the planes? No, I never saw that one. Yeah, it's, uh, so, you know, there was a relationship there, and they had a, a, a kinship and a, and a respect for each other, and, and looking for some stuff about this, I found, to me, I love this clip, and it's kind of long, so you gotta kind of bear with it, if you don't like it, you know, fast forward or whatever, but this is uh, Steven Spielberg being honored at the AFI 
the ceremony, and Dan Aykroyd gives this speech. And it's funny because Dan Aykroyd's a funny guy, obviously. Is he is he thin or fat? He's heavy. Okay. <laughs> um, but to me, the speech, which I assume Aykroyd wrote, totally sums up why Steven Spielberg is so great in about three minutes. It's okay. it's eloquent, it's funny, it's touching. Spielberg himself is sitting there listening to it, and you can say, "We'll put the we'll put the uh, actual clip on our Facebook page." It's so well done that I had to play it. And I hope that that you like it as much as I did. And I, I really, I I've, I've watched it actually several times because it totally nails why people like us love Steven Spielberg. From 1941, Dan Aykroyd. Thank you very much. We on here? Somewhere in between Jaws and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, two schools of North American comedy were producing postgraduate personnel in the field of humor and satire. Those schools were, of course, Second City, SCTV, and Saturday Night Live. At that time, those of us from there had only a few friends in the feature film industry. The honoree this evening was among the very first to embrace us and indeed to underwrite enthusiastically our transition into feature films. So representing all of them tonight, I speak tonight with a great, sincere sense of gratitude to you. Moreover, as the director who cast me in my first American feature in 1941, the actor who worked with us in Blues Brothers, the writer who named the family dog in Poltergeist after one of my SNL characters, this last approbation because the honoree respects the pursuits of paranormal researchers, <laughs> the producer who put the Coneheads back on TV in a special after a 10-year absence and who invited me to reprise a Ghostbuster in Casper and is one who has positively acted to keep my creative confidence alive over the years, you'll understand that I speak here tonight with a genuine regard for the immensity and quality of your talents and Stephen with a great degree of vintage affection. So just so you know where these comments are coming from. And there really is little more to be said other than as the director this night justly recognizes its honoree as a master practitioner of film, art, and science. There is, though, from a larger perspective, a greater element in process here, for as we poise to crack the millennium, the name Spielberg enters not only those of cinema's supreme artistic achievers, but it also now commences to stand with other names, like Hall, Aitchison, Tesla, Westinghouse and Edison. <laughs> yes, indeed. Charles Martin Hall, who in 1893 alchemized sodium aluminum fluoride into cryolite, the basis for all light metal alloys. Edward Goodrich Aitchison, who at the same time bonded carborundum, the hardest synthetic known. Nikola Tesla, who wound the first alternating current motor and with George Westinghouse laid the standard for electric power transmission. Thomas Edison, who patented the phonograph and the motion picture projector. These men were the great American inventor industrialists. Their work profoundly altered human life, and I add now your name to them, sir. <laughs> for you, for you, sir, are the supreme showman who has held millions wrapped, touching the world's populace with visions emotional, cosmical, mystical, comical, historical, political, romantical, spiritual, and who built upon these a communications and entertainment conglomerate, the world's first true and only artist industrialist. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the degree of this accomplishment is made all the more impressive in that some of this inventor's raw materials were composed simply of the most essential carbon-based elements, a fish, some aliens, and a handful of dead lizards. So, ladies and gentlemen, first, applause for the filmmaker. 
and also a toast to the artist and, as this institute knows, a generous philanthropist. There were dinosaurs, lots of dinosaurs. They were fun, but they were dangerous. Thank you. Salute, Stephen, to the millennium and beyond. So, so part of that is kind of tongue-in-cheek and, and making him out to, you know, putting him up with these great, great inventors. But I think it's it's pretty I, serious. I totally... I mean, if anyone knows us and our other podcasts, I mean, they, they know... Spielberg is, is is it. I mean, we grew up with the man, and pff, he's still banging out films today, and, and they're all great. I just love the way he put it. And, and if you get to see this on our Facebook page, Spielberg is, like, just blown away. And I've forgotten that Spielberg was in um, the Blues Brothers. I was I was admiring um, Kate Capshaw's um, arm. Her arm? Yeah. Was it a nice arm? It was a little, it was, yeah, it was a nice arm. Okay, I'll have to watch it a fourth time. <laughs> Please. Just check out this arm. It was, it, was a, it was a nice arm. But it's really great. He sums it up well, eloquently, how, how great he really is. So I, I believe they're friends, and I love it in show business and in anything, in athletics or, or business or anything, when great people or people who are talented have a, a kindred connection. And that has always happened with Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, and it goes into other people as well, people like... Dan Aykroyd, who I believe we both really love. Uh, he's fantastic, and even when he talks, even when he, he's he, he's reading that thing, he, he has a certain way about him that is so like great. Mm-hmm. Even though if and he didn't look that big there, no, he, he looked okay. Yeah, he looked he looked. He's no Stay Puff, Marshmallow Man yet, but it must have, <laughs> it must have been late nineties because he mentions uh, the Millennium. Yeah, coming. right. So right. I'm thinking this was like maybe ninety nine. Dan Aykroyd, I mean, yeah, he's. He's up there. What's your you know, favorite Dan Aykroyd? Ghostbusters? It has to be. There's, a, there's probably Ghostbusters, um, Spies Like Us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I probably the only one out there. I like Dragnet. I thought you were going to say Dr. Detroit. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dragnet's like Dragnet. great. Okay, all right. I, I like Dragnet. I mean, yeah. you know, Tom Hanks too, but mm-hmm. it, there's, there's something about him that's just so nice, you know? Well, he's a talented guy, other than the acting. I mean, and SNL, I mean, fantastic. Yeah. That one where I don't know the guy's name, the 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 chef, the cook. Yeah, and he cuts his like well, his finger. Doing, he's doing Julia Child. Yeah, the blood everywhere. And all over the place. I mean, it's Fred it's, Garvin, male prostitute. <laughs> he had a lot of great characters. Yeah, oh, honest yeah. to God, titty and T I T. So he's great. And when this happened, 1984, this to me was a, a good catch because at that point Dan Aykroyd was red hot. I looked up what other things he had done. The year before, he had also done more than a cameo, a small role in the Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Which which was great, him and Albert Brooks, and Trading Places. But then yeah. this came out in 84. It's the same year as Ghostbusters, and the next year he made Spies Like Us. So he was like on he top was of the world. He was shit back Yeah, he yeah. was. I wanted to ask you, since this this is this guy is from Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. Now, don't don't count Crystal Skull, okay? <laughs> because that's, that's the answer. Okay. But... A lot of the people look down on Temple of Doom like as not not as good as Raiders and Crusade. Mm. You agree? I mean, it's like uh, it's darker, different. It's like you know the original Star Wars trilogy. If you have to rank them, one of them has to be third. They're all great, right? So in that scheme, yeah, this would be third of the the three for me. But yeah, I agree. it doesn't mean that it's bad. No, no this movie a lot is of people, fantastic. A lot of people don't don't like this one at all. I don't know why. 
So, I mean, it's it's, it's common sense. Rank all four. It's common sense? Yeah. Go ahead. We probably had the same list. Everybody probably does. All right, come on. One, three, two, four. What are you thinking? Yes. <laughs> you said it too fast. I had to slow it down a little bit. Okay. Totally, but, yeah. Okay, so that's Dan Aykroyd, basically. And if you didn't know he was in it, he is. It's a, it's it's a it's, it's, fast. it's a great little nugget, and probably the only reason that we did Art Weber as the second episode. No, was, no, no, Earl Weber. Yeah, or Art Earl is <laughs> because it is Dan Aykroyd. If it had been anybody else, we'd be like, who cares? Right. But it's Dan Aykroyd. But I, and I think when we when I when you first watch it and you have no idea, as soon as you know it's Dan Aykroyd, you watch it again. It's so obvious. Yeah. That's his voice. That that's him. That's mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd. And that about does it for Art Weber. <laughs> Art so Weber. We're moving on into our trivia segment. Yes. Which is called Fortune and Glory. Kid. <laughs> Why do you add the kid? I have no idea. <laughs> All right. All right. What's the scores? The scores and where the way we do this is we bet points. Yes. Zero to five. And Chris and I in our premiere episode both bet three and got it wrong. So we, we are did. tied with negative three. And mine was an easy fucking question. And I got it halfway right. No, you didn't. <laughs> okay. What are you going to bet this time? Are you going to go deeper in the hole? What are you going to do? What was that? <laughs> deep. <laughs> deeper in the hole. I'm going to go balls deep in the hole. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm going to do... I'm doing five. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. doing five. All right. Are if you... I get this right, man, I got two. I can do math. I if I get it wrong, yeah, I got less than two. Yeah, I'll say. All right. Well, I admire your courage. Okay. Here's your question. <laughs> Go ahead. Now, if you were listening, yeah, were fuck. you listening? I'm a terrible listener. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I mentioned the short round acquires three plane tickets from Weber. Oh, my God. Now. Did you say the guy people's names? Listen to me. Can I just say the freaking question? Go ahead. He buys three plane tickets. This is before Short Round has even met Willie Scott. You understand? (laughs) I mean, it works out that three people show up. Right. Who are the plane tickets for? I want to say this. Mm -hmm. No. I want to say... Did you, you didn't say this, did you? I mentioned that he buys three plane tickets. But you didn't say for who? I did not say for whom. Okay. But if you said that, I get this wrong, I'm going to ask. No, 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 no. Okay. I did say that he buys three, but when I was reading this, you know, and I was reading his backstory, it says, well, he pl- re- acquires three plane tickets. And I'm thinking to myself, like... See, I don't know the guy's name. How does he know to buy three plane tickets? This is what I'm going to say. This is a great question, and if I'm right, this is awesome. I don't know his name. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just changed my mind right there. <laughs> this is terrible. You're gonna talk yourself out of something. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Indy, Willie, and the guy who's helping Indy. I don't know his name yet. We haven't done that at that episode yet. Mm-hmm. The Chinese guy who, who gets who gets shot. Mm-hmm. I go on long adventures. That guy. Mm-hmm. But I'm changing. I'm taking out Willie, putting in short round. Mm-hmm. I'm putting. I'm saying Indy, short round. And the guy with the with the with the tray and the gun under the tray, <laughs> who was there? I go on with my adventures, and then he dies. Into the great unknown, I go first, Indy. That guy. I don't know his name. That's is, your, is that your final answer? Are you going to hold it against me? Yes. That's my. This is an awesome question. Yeah. 
The answer is Indiana Jones. Obviously. Short round. Obviously. I almost said Willie Scott because she was there too, but And Wuhan. That's the guy, yes. And I'm gonna give it to you. <laughs> I got I got I got negative two. No, I got positive two. Do the math. I can't. Jesus. I got two. You got two. You got positive That's a great two. question. So that's it. He bought the tickets for the for you know Indy. And I almost answered that so fast, saying Willie short round Indy, obviously. But, but sure, he couldn't have bought tickets for Willie Scott. But you're right. He he doesn't know who she is. She's coming along. She's just like she's an afterthought. You are absolutely right. Willie takes Wuhan's ticket. Wuhan, yeah, yeah. And we will be doing a Wuhan episode. You bet your ass on that. That's right. I love Wuhan. that guy. I want to know because I don't know. I want to know. How they got together, what the deal was. Yeah. You know, because that's a sidekick right there. He's a definite sidekick, and he has no muscle features. He's, he's short. He's, he's he's thin. He doesn't look that sidekick-ish, like powerful. Could be Short Round's father. Oh, my God. I, I If it's not, I'm saying it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's better. This just in. All right. So, Chris, congratulations. Thank you. You are at positive two. I have positive two. And now it's my turn. All right. Points. All right, I I'm not feeling I'm not going as as deep <laughs> as deep as you're you like did. your balls that deep in I'm there. Not, I'm not going that deep. Okay, I'm just gonna bet three and hope to get back to zero. Okay, I'm betting three. Okay, to create the sound of the heavy lid of the ark being slid open. Sound designer Ben Burt. We all talk about him. Ben Burt. He okay. won. In fact, he won an Academy Award for uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I believe. Ben Burt simply recorded himself moving what? Moving what? This is a bullshit question. <laughs> I've given you two questions about the movie. You've given me two questions about other things. I know. I see how this is going to go. All right. <laughs> so Ben Burt's kicking around the house. What can I move? That sounds like... That was, dude, that was fucking awesome. That was Ben Burtz here. <laughs> um, it had to have been heavy, something heavy sliding across concrete. What did he move? Is that the question? Somebody recorded him himself moving the blank at his house. Because it sounds to me like concrete rubbing against concrete. Move the what? Something's got to be heavy. Something heavy in your house. Moving. He moved his refrigerator. That's what I'm going with. Refrigerator. Refrigerator. Could be piano. Could be whatever. I'm going with refrigerator. As soon as I, as I read this, I'm like, yeah, it does sound like that. Okay, what is it? It's the lid of his toilet. The back of his toilet. Ah. Those, those heavy things that, that we've done plenty of times, if it gets... Whatever jam they're clogged. Yeah, you gotta be that stupid black ball in there. And you yeah, gotta, you gotta get. And that it. top thing, if once you move it on the thing, there you go. I like that question. I mean, I don't like that question, but it's a good information. Right, right. Well, I, I don't know. I was, this is this is new to me. I, I'll, I'll pick each your question soon. Yeah, I want I want something that has to do with the movie, not Ben Burton's bathroom. <laughs> Jesus. And it says here he was naked. Yeah, I don't want to know what else he. What, he I, was balls deep. <laughs> That's awful. What do you mean that's awful? What you just said. (laughs) 
We all do. What else did he record in the bathroom? That that's coming up in the next next episode. Okay, so here's the scores in Fortune and Glory. Chris is in the lead with two. I am. And I have negative six. So is one of us the fortune, one of us the glory? <laughs> I'm neither. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode featuring Earl. No. Oh, uh, Potsy. Potsy. Art Weber. Wah, wah, wah. Join us next time when we discuss the Grail Knight. You have chosen wisely. Thanks for listening to Indiana Jones in Character. Indiana Jones in Character is part of the Neozaz.com podcast network. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit www.neozaz.com. The Indiana Jones and Character podcast is not endorsed by nor affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. All Indiana Jones characters, places, and situations are copyright Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. Visit www.ijic.neozaz.com for the latest Indiana Jones and Character episodes and information.